Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Matthew's Gospel, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 12. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. Now when the crowds had gathered, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. And his disciples came to him and he began to teach by saying this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsify, saying all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, may your words be a seal upon our hearts and upon our arms in such a way, O Lord, that as we walk out, that we wear our faith on our sleeves, we wear them in our very lives, so that we are not just hearers of your word, but as doers of your word. In your Son's holy name we pray, amen. If we're really honest with each other, this year, 2020, has been tough on the human psyche. I mean, it's almost the understatement of the year, isn't it? I mean, it seems like every week over the last seven months, we begin the week and it begins this almost a new tragic episode of really bad reality TV, a show that we might entitled, But Wait, There's More. As we think about it, it sort of, when we think about this year, comparatively, it makes Job's trials and tribulations in the Old Testament, the trials that he faced, it makes those seem like a Sunday drive or a walk in the park or an open book test that you've had a copy of for weeks on end. The University of Chicago, they had a group that did some research back earlier in the summer, sort of seeing how people were feeling about things, and 14% of adults polled said that they were happy. Only 14%. It's really not surprising, is it, given all of the events of this year. They conduct, they've conducted this poll every year for the past 50 years. The numbers have hovered right around 29%. In 2018, it was at 30%, but then there's this precipitous drop-off in 2020. I mean, my friends, these are just the facts. And there's surroundings in which we find ourselves, but make no mistake about it. 
Just because these are the facts, just because these are our surroundings, they do not have to be our story, though. They don't have to be the reality in which we live in our personal lives. See, in fact, today's text begs, no, nay, today's text demands otherwise from us. The text becomes a challenge for us to open our eyes to the business of God, to open our eyes to the blessings that God has bestowed upon each and every one of us, and to lean into our discipleship to make a positive change in the world around us. This selection from Matthew, the very beginning of a compilation of teachings called the Sermon on the Mount, this particular passage has been called the Beatitudes. And some have simply seen this as a simple set of rules for living. And then if you live this way, these are the rewards you get. For example, if you're poor in spirit, you will get the kingdom of heaven. If you mourn, you will be comforted. If you're meek, you will inherit the earth, and so forth. But the reality of our faith is this. The rewards that we receive, the rewards that we are given are only because of the grace of God who loves us. A God in heaven who created us, redeems us, and sustains us. The rewards that we receive are because of God's grace. In fact, the text tells us that our blessedness, or some translations call our happiness, comes because we are in right relationship with God. Now think about that. Yes, it's about the way we live, but more importantly, it is about our relationship with God. Our happiness, our blessedness comes that way. Our true happiness then is not what the world says that it should be made up of. Things like our stuff or our status or stocks or a stash of cash. But no, instead, our true happiness should simply be rooted and grounded in a relationship with God. Now this time of year in the fall, usually around October, many churches turn their attention to stewardship campaigns and conversations about that. I'd like to use this passage to talk about stewardship from the sense of blessings. Liturgically, there's a reason, there's a theological reason why the offering always should follow the sermon. Because the offering is our response to God's word. No, you're not paying for the quality of the sermon. Make no mistake about it. No, what we're really doing is when we give the first fruits of our harvest, we are giving thanks for our blessings. And sure, we're giving thanks for the blessings of life. But really what we're doing is we're thanking God. We're being moved in a response to what God is doing in our lives. Not what God is giving us, but what God is doing through us and in our lives. This blessedness and happiness becomes our response to that relationship to how God is speaking to us and through us. Now, no, it's not bad to take this time of year and to count the fruits of the labor of our hands, to count the material blessings of life, and to pledge or to give in response to that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. That's like writing a thank you note. It's never wrong to write a thank you note. But what if, my friends... What if we look deeper, though, look beyond the material blessings of life? What if we looked and realized the spiritual and theological blessings that we have been given by the salvific nature of God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit? 
So let us count the blessings in the text today and let those blessings propel our response to the word. Let those blessings in life, in terms of our stewardship of our time and our talent and our treasure, let the blessings of the Beatitudes influence what we do and how we live our lives from this day forward. How we go out the doors of our homes and into the world around us, living that blessedness. See, in living the Beatitudes, in discovering a happiness that transcends daily life, that supersedes anything that 2020 can throw at us, when we do that, we begin to understand what it means to be disciples. We begin to understand what it means to be a part of God's blessed kingdom. When we're living the Beatitudes, we're living as blessed people. A happy person, no matter what cards we're dealt no matter what may come our way. See, cultivating this idea of happiness is a sign of our faithfulness, a sign of our discipleship. It doesn't mean that life is going to always be sunshine and rainbows and unicorns going forward. Life is still going to be full of its messiness. But now, living these beatitudes, living this happiness, these blessings, determines how we react to the messiness of life. See, faithfully formulating a life of happiness is about living life to make a difference. It's about living into and strengthening and inviting others to develop a relationship with God where Christ speaks to us on a daily basis and we hear those words and we live them in our lives. This happiness this attitude of happiness, this life full of that blessedness of God is formed by hungering and thirsting for righteousness. It's formed by showing mercy. It's formed by making peace. It's formed by suffering for Jesus. Imagine how happy our days would be if we would wake up and decide today is the day that I hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm going to hunger and thirst for it in everything that I do where not only am I living a moral life, living the way God wants me to live, but I am, I am more importantly fighting for justice, fighting for equality, fighting for equity, fighting for fairness for others. Because when others are lifted up and when others are seen on the same plane as I am by all of God's children, then everyone wins. And my friends, when we do that, what are we really losing? The answer is nothing. But instead, we're gaining a deeper relationship with God where we truly see each other the way God sees us. Where there is no favorite child, just God's child. Or what if we got up in the morning deciding that we were going to live this life of showing mercy? What if we embarked on a quest to retrieve others and save them from pain, from suffering, from unpleasantness? the trials and tribulations that they face. I think so often our teachers get this gift. They, they teach these students, they teach them this material, but they always have this opportunity to look out and to spot that student that's struggling. And when they do, to roll up their sleeves and spend a little extra time to help that student get that aha moment where they master the material and they fall back in love with learning. My friends, what if we rolled up our sleeves? What if we showed mercy to the world and tried to lift people up out of their pain and from their suffering 
so that they too would have that aha moment and realize that someone cares about them. I mean, wouldn't our lives just be so much richer if we helped people find that and along the way we had an aha moment as well? Blessed are the peacemakers. I mean, there's really not much more you need to add to that, right? I mean, what if we embarked in our life on a crusade to bring peace to our world, to turn down the heat and the rhetoric, to listen to each other, to help people find common ground and realize that we have more in common than we do apart, and in the process of that, that we would facilitate the healing of the world, the healing of relationships, that we would patch over the fractures in our community, in life around us. And finally, to find this happiness, to cultivate this attitude of happiness, this life that Jesus wants us to have, is to understand the sufferings of Jesus. You see, Jesus stood up and served. Jesus sought out the least and the last and the lost of the world. And Jesus paid dearly for those convictions with his life. And I doubt that will happen to us. But we may be lonely at times by reaching out for the least, the last, and the lost. But what if we arose each day willing to live tirelessly for the gospel, to stand and to serve, to seek out and to make a world where there were no more least, last, or lost, and once we saw them, that we helped bring them along so that they were found, that they mattered, and they knew the direction. That no matter what it costs us, our time or our treasure or our talent, no matter what it might cost us in relationships to people that would look down upon us, because the relationship that really matters is with those who were hurting, those who were forgotten about, the sheep that Jesus came to find. Would our world not be better if we lived our lives like Christ lived, to serve each other? to follow the will of God. And if we did that, would we not be truly blessed? Would we not find a happiness beyond anything that we could ever imagine? See, my brothers and sisters, when we live those Beatitudes, when that becomes who we are as a matter of being, we are happier than we have ever been. There are no material possessions, nothing in this world that can compare to that. Because we are about doing God's work here on earth. So 2020 has thrown so much at us, and it still might throw some more, but our happiness is not tied to the things of this world, but to our relationship with God, and that's what we need to anchor our lives upon. So what I hope for each of us, as we are worshiping together this day as we watch this later in the week or as we listen on our podcast as we listen to the sermon what I hope that we are is that we so live and act that we discover a depth of happiness in our hearts and our souls that transcends the stuff of this world but where we become hopelessly and wonderfully entangled up in the love of God and that we share it with the world because we realize that we are truly blessed by God that we are truly blessed when we live the way God wants us to, that we are truly blessed, plain and simple, every day of our lives. 
We just have to open our eyes and look around and realize the opportunities are there and that God has already blessed us. You are blessed. I am blessed. The whole world is blessed by the love of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.